of God and Noah built the ark. And we know that Noah was not a carpenter, but we know that because of his obedience to God, that God gave him everything he needed to fulfill what God wanted him to do. But we know the thing was that he had to do it according to whose pattern? According to God's pattern. So that tells us everything that we do in our lives have to be according to the way God wanted to be and not according to the way we want it to be. And the reason why is because being that we are born again, we're his temple, and this is where God dwells, and we're no longer our own. So everything that God wants us to carry out, it has to be carried out his way and not our way. And it takes a relationship, having a personal relationship with God in order to carry out what he wants you to carry out. We cannot carry it out man's way because the Bible says the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. It means that the word is not going to work according to man. It only works according to God. This is why through knowing the order of the church and following through from the old to the New Testament, we will see how God wants things to be up under the New Testament. Some people are still going up under the law. God gave the law. For us to go by but until faith came until Jesus came and after Jesus came we were no longer up under a schoolmaster we were up under Jesus Christ which he represents grace and truth so this pattern that we've been going over is going to open everybody hearts and show them things that the Bible um, is telling us that's coming from God and not coming from me it's coming from him and as long as we follow these patterns the glory of God is going to be revealed through them. The reason why we do not see the glory revealed is because man is trying to do it their way. And some people see things happening in church and they think it's God moving. But man can do things in a way to get people to move and they're thinking God was in the place. But guess what? When God's in the place, change come. See, when God's glory come through us, there's going to be a manifestation. There's going to be a change. And it's not going to be something that we have been trying to do, but we allow the spirit of the Lord to work in us and come through us. And as long as we allow that, people are going to know that a change has taken place. So when we look back at, we talked about Noah in Genesis 6, um, 14 through 16. I'm just doing a brief here so I can go where the Lord want to take me tonight. And we talked about Moses dealing with the altars in Exodus 20, 24 through 26. God was telling Moses how he wanted the altars made. And the altars had to be made according to God's pattern. It could not uh, be an altar where they use any type of tool to graving any type of image because that would be man's way that would not be God's way so he even showed them how he wanted his altar to be made even before he gave um, Moses the pattern to the tabernacle because they had altars that they had to um, go before God you know in front of those altars so he even shown him that pattern then we talked about the tabernacle now this is where I'm going tonight with that tabernacle now, we know that um, we already talked about this and, and why he said that he wanted a tabernacle. But this is something that I had left off, and the Holy Spirit reminded me of it when I was um, going back to look over everything. And this is what he reminded me of, and this is what the church missed 
because everybody is so into doing it their way instead of doing it God's way. Now, God did tell Moses he wanted a tabernacle for them so he could dwell amongst them. And he gave him the pattern of that tabernacle. But before God told him that, go with me to Exodus, the 25th chapter. And this is what we're going to go over tonight. And it's going to um, meet up to the point where, I, where we're going later on. Exodus 25, verse 1. He said, I'm reading out the Amplified. And the Lord said unto Moses, speak to the Israelites that they take from me an offering. Now, let me stop right there. Who was God speaking to? No, but who is he speaking to first? That's where I'm going to start at right there. See, dealing with the church, we got so much out of order because everybody is trying to speak to the people. And God has a specific person that he speaks to that he have in lead, that he has as the head of the church, like a pastor. We do not have deacons speaking to pastors. We have the Lord speaking to the pastor, and the pastor is carrying out the pattern that God is given for that house. It ain't no deacon supposed to tell the pastor what to teach, what to do, or how to do it. That's man-made church. That's not how God intended for it to be. So we determined through those other teachings that God had to have someone that he could put over these patterns that he wanted to be carried out. And we determined that he put Moses over the pattern for the tabernacle. So Moses had to be in relationship with who? With God. He had to be able to hear God. He had to be able to hear him to the point of that he's saying, I'm going to be obedient to you, God. I'm not going outside of what you say. So anytime that you're up under a pastor or you up under a leader, that leader is supposed to follow what that pastor has gotten from God. That's how it works. God is not an out-of-order God. This is why we have too many people going from every church to every church because they don't want to follow the pattern that God has given. They come up with their own pattern. This should be done this way. This should be done that way. No, it should be done according to God's pattern. So God spoke to Moses again, and this is what God told Moses. He said, I want you to go to the Israelites, and I want you to tell them that I want an offering from them. That was in verse 1. And he said, from every man, this is the key, verse 2, speak to the Israelites that they take for me an offering. From every man who gives it willingly and ungrudgingly with his heart, you should take my offering. So when he's asking for the offering, God said, these are the stipulations on this. He said, I want you to go to them and ask them for this offering. Now understand that Moses had to be in a place not to set something up himself, right? This is the key I want y'all to understand tonight. God know what all y'all got. He know what each individual in this place has. So he went to Moses knowing what everybody had. He already knew what was in their homes. He already knew what was in their pocketbooks. So he said, I want you to go to them and tell them I want an offering. And then he's telling them, but I want them to give it to me willingly. I don't want them to give it to me grudgingly. And see, this is the problem with the church. 
when God is asking for something, he wanted to be giving from the heart. He don't want no struggle in that thing. He don't want um, anybody to, um, you know, think that I'm giving it to the pastor. He don't want none of that stuff. He want somebody to come with a willing heart and lay down what they have because God already know what you have. And see, this is the way this tabernacle is going to be made. The problem today is people are thinking that when God calls someone to something, they don't have to do nothing. I'm going to say it again. When God calls someone to something, people think they don't supposed to do nothing. But Moses let it, laid it down. He is only following the instructions that he's getting from God. And this is what he said. He said, this is the offering you shall receive from them. Now understand this. God is telling Moses what to ask for. He's telling that leader. He said, gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet stuff, fine twine linen and goat's hair, ram skin, tan red, red goat skins, dolphin or uh, porpoise skins, and Asia wood, all for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones and stones for setting in the ephod and in the breastplate. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them, and you shall make it according to all I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle or the dwelling and the pattern of all the furniture of it. So this is the key. Do anybody in this room think God is going to give me a pattern and it's not going to cost some of us something? Let's say it again. Do anybody think God's going to give me something and it's not going to cost you nothing? So this is what's wrong with the church. When the pastor or a leader that hears from God and say, this is what God is instructing me to do, and you know it's not outside of what we're doing, then you should be wanting to do it willingly if you have a relationship with God. That's the thing, doing it willingly. Now, the thing is, like I said, God know what each person has, and I'm going to prove it to you, because this is what God done. Why would God ask for something if he didn't know you got it? Look at your neighbor and say, God ain't going to ask you for something if he don't know you already got it. Ask him again. Say, do you think God is going to ask you for something that he don't know you already have? Say, do y'all know God? Say, really? Do y'all think God is stupid? Y'all, we can just close right there. Let me go back. For one, Moses was the one that was hearing God concerning the congregation. God had to have someone to speak to to carry out his pattern the way he needed it to be carried out. So God had to give it all to Moses and Moses had to give it to the people, but God gave it to Moses because that's who God chose to lead the people. So why is somebody else going to come in there and say, that's too much? You coming against God. Oh, it's so silent in here. Now, let me tell you how God knew they had it. Go with me to Exodus 12, 35 through 36. Exodus 12. 35 through 36. We now amplified again. This is what God told the Israelites before they even left Egypt. 
The Israelites did according to the word of Moses, and they urgently asked of the Egyptians jewels of silver, gold, and clothing. The Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they gave them what they asked, and they stripped the Egyptians of those things. So guess what God did? Before they left, God went and got everything he needed to build his tabernacle. So he knew what they had because he told Moses to tell them what to do. Can you imagine you in, in Egypt for 400 and some years? And you know them, Egypt, them Egyptians had that fine linen. They had the gold. They had everything. So now God is saying, now I want you to go ask them Egyptians for all of this stuff. They did not come against Moses. They took Moses at his word because they knew that Moses had a relationship with God and he was the one standing before God. So they trusted Moses. They didn't say, well, you know, I can't ask them because they never give me nothing. No, God said, I want you to go ask them for these things. And the Bible says God gave them favor with the Egyptians, meaning that God turned the Egyptians heart. Why? Because God was um, doing that tabernacle, and these are the things that was needed for the tabernacle. So he told him them where to go get it. Now, let me turn it around. This is what God is saying. We're in the world, but not of the world. But the things that we need to do what God wants us to do, the people in the world got it. Let me say it again. God know what the church need. He know who has it in the world. So he said, I want you to go ask them. I want you to tell them what you're doing in my house. And that's all I want you to do. Don't say nothing else. Just go do what I say. And then you go out there and you begin to tell people what you're doing. And they're laying hundreds down at your feet. Why? Because you're being obedient to what God gave that leader. But if you're saying, well, people are going to think we're begging and people are going to know what did God tell you to do? It's right here in the Bible. The Egyptians represented the world. They had what God needed for that tabernacle. Y'all wondering why all that stuff was anointed. <laughs> Y'all wonder why all was sprinkled over all that stuff. Now you know, right? <laughs> so see, God will take and he will sanctify what the world has. For his use, he'll set it apart and say, everything belonged to me. It's just been contaminated. But once the all come upon that thing, God said it's already set apart, meant for my use. But what do we do? We get too proud. We act like we're so scared to ask the world, actually, the stuff that they have, actually, God is, what's that scripture? He has laid out, what is it? Say it again. For who? Is that what the word says? How do you think you're going to get it then if you don't go ask for it? That's what they did. That's what they did. They went and they asked for what was needed for the tabernacle. And guess what? Those people didn't have a clue what they was asking for. They was just being obedient to the word of the Lord. So God told him to ask that the first step was being obedient. God said, you got to do the first thing first. 
I want you to go ask and I want you to open your mouth. God, when they started out to go do it, God already turned the hearts of the Egyptians and said, give them this stuff. And they left out of their rich. That's how it's supposed to be for the church, y'all. When we're doing something from God and it's not for us, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And then the Bible goes on to say that we ask amiss because we're consuming it upon our own lust. It ain't for God. Actually, it's for what we want. But when you're asking out of a pure heart, because this is what God has put on your heart to do, and God know your heart is right, why did he say they had to come willingly with the offering? He said they had to give it willingly. He said, God said, that's the only way. I want it willingly given. Now, they got it from the Egyptians. God knew they had it, but he said they got to lay it down willingly. We go back to um, who Achan, he was the one that uh, was with Joshua, and he saw this Babylonian garment, and God said it was a cursed thing and told him not to mess with it. But that thing was stirring him in the face so much, he went and hid it in the earth. Now, you know that ain't right. He knew he was wrong, and Joshua and them could not win a battle, and he didn't understand because he knew what God told him that, you know, when he go um, in, everywhere the soles of his feet shall tread, he shall possess that land. So when Joshua didn't win that battle, he was like, wait a minute, something is wrong, and he began to cry out to God, and he began to seek God. See, that's another thing that we have to do to stay in the pattern of God. When things are not going the way God told us they should go, then we need to stop. And we need to begin to pray and say, God, I know what you told me. So something is not right here. So, Lord, what's not right? Because we should have won that battle. You said you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Everywhere we go, you're going to be there. So what's going on? So he found out it was someone in that camp, and he knew who it was, and he told him who it was. He told Joshua, you need to get up. And he began to tell him who it was. He went to him, and there it was. And guess what they had to do? They had to get rid of that. Why? Because that was not a part of God's pattern. <laughs> that was not a part of God's plan. So see, when you step out of the order of God, it will stagnate the whole camp. It will make the whole camp be in something that they should not be in. So anytime a ministry is being stagnated, it's up to the pastor, the head, to pray and say, wait a minute, this ministry ain't moving, God. Something is wrong here. What's going on? And God will show that head, this is what's going on. We got problems with people that don't want to give. Their hearts are not right. So this is what I want you to teach on. This is what I want you to do. So God will show you what's going on in the midst of you because, see, some people just want to play church. They want to be a part of the church, but they don't want to give what need to be given to what God is having done. So we see here that when we look in the Bible dealing with the patterns of God, he told them what um, to go ask the Egyptians for. He got favor. But then I want you to look at Exodus 36. Three through verse 7. Now this is the verse I love. Exodus 36, 3 through verse 7. And they received from Moses all the freewill offerings which the Israelites have bought from doing the work of the sanctuary to prepare it for service. So they received it. Why? Because they were not giving it grudgingly. 
They were giving it from the heart. And they continued to bring him free will offerings every morning. Can you imagine? Every morning. They bring in an offering to Moses. And all the wise and able men who were doing the work on the sanctuary came, every man from the work he was doing. And they said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough for doing the work which the Lord commanded to do. Let me say that again. And they said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough for doing the work which the Lord commanded to do. Look at your neighbor and say, what's wrong with the church? So Moses commanded, so Moses commanded, and it was proclaimed in all the camp, let no man or woman do anything more for the sanctuary offering. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the stuff they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. Is that not a good leader? Moses ain't no thief. Moses was listening unto God, and, and as he listened to God, he would tell the people what to do. But the Bible said those people kept bringing, kept bringing. Their heart was open unto God. They trusted Moses so much, and Moses had to stop them from bringing, you know, everything that they were bringing because they had what they needed for the sanctuary and more. So Moses stopped them from giving do we see that today? Wonder why? Fear of lack. Why should I give in to that and I get left with nothing? What about what I want to do? Wherever God plants you, that's the house you're supposed to be doing for. If you say God planted you in that house, so whatever the vision is for that house, God give it to the visionaire and the people that's up under the visionaire supposed to help the visionaire carry out the vision for the house. The thing that we have to understand, if God gave it to Moses, Moses had to be the first partaker. He had to be the one given as well. You got some pastors telling their congregation, I want you to do this and they don't do nothing. I wouldn't follow that. Because anything a pastor asks a congregation to do, they should be able to do it themselves. And this is what the Holy Spirit is reminding me of. In the making of a pastor or anybody that's in the fivefold before he put them in a place, he's going to have them prepared for that place. And one place of having them prepared is in their giving. It's in their finances. If they can't keep their own house in order, they're not going to be able to keep the house of God in order because if they're stingy in their house, they're going to be stingy when it comes to the house of God. They're not going to be given freely. So anytime you see people in position and they're not willing to um, take that leap of faith and trust God, you know how they're carrying their house. God ain't going to put nobody in position that ain't willing to give. When God is asking you to give, it don't work like that. That don't even sound right to me. Because when you go in the Old Testament, you see how they had to follow pursuit exactly what God said. If they got out of the order of God, y'all know they weren't moving nowhere. God would let Moses know what was going on. Y'all remember when Moses went up to be before God? Those people were down there playing house, doing all kind of stuff. Did y'all not know God was going to tell Moses? Them stiff-necked, stubborn people, your people. He, t- he had nerve tell Moses, your people. I'd be like, wait a minute, God. They weren't my people. They were your people before they were my people. 
you know, we would have had a little conversation. <laughs> you need to go down and take care of people. But he gave everything to Moses for Moses to give to the people. So Moses had to stand before God, you know, on the behalf of the people. So the people had to carry out what Moses was getting from God. And if it was out of order, it had to be put back in order in order for them to move forward. This is the problem with the churches. Nobody want to put nothing in order. They want to keep moving. They leave stuff and don't want to deal with it. So it's stagnation and nobody can move because you ain't solved that problem and that issue. A bad apple will spoil the whole bunch. You got to stand up and be whom God has called you to be. And people say they want to be a pastor. People say they want to be a prophet, a mouthpiece for God. And you can't even go to your brother with art. I don't know what you call yourself. So everything has to be according to the way God would have it to be. We talked about the offerings. And remember I said that God know what everybody have, right? He know what everybody have in this room. So this is why when something is asked of you, God already know what you have to give. Now, I'm going to give you another part of this. We're talking about the offerings for sin in Leviticus 4. Now, God had the different categories of people. So an animal depended upon financial situations of the giver. So an animal depended upon the financial situations of the giver. Now, when they were in Egypt, God knew what the Egyptians had to give unto them. So he said, just go ask the Egyptians. So he prepared the Egyptians' heart to give them all of this stuff for what? For the tabernacle. But when it came to each individual for sin offerings, when you read Leviticus 4, when you get a chance, read that. Female goats and female lambs were for common people. That means it was for the people of the land. Common people would mean it was people that really had um, kind of rich people. Then the fine flower and the turtle or pigeons were for the poor. The young bulls was for the high priest and for the congregation. And the rulers did the kid goats. So that means if you read Leviticus 4, you will see that God knew what each person was capable of doing. So what am I saying to you tonight? Do not say you can't give $5. Come on. Do not say you cannot give 10 God know how far you can go. Because he already know what's in your house. The thing is, your heart ain't right. You don't want to give it willingly, so it's best that you don't mess with it. This is why you don't keep messing with people and say, you know, give, give, give. Because if they're not in the word of God, if they're not in relationship with God the way they need to be, you can tell them all you want. They're going to be set on where they are. How do I know? Because years ago, I would go to this ministry, me and my husband, our heart was already set. Every time I entered the door, you only get $20. I get paid every two weeks, you get $20 this week, you get $20 the next two weeks. So in a month, you got $40. Just be happy, because that's all you getting. My heart wasn't right, because I decided, I'm saved. Y'all, I know Jesus, but I decided, based upon what my check and bill said, this is what you're going to get. But see, I didn't know the principle of first, meaning that I didn't take the time to seek God and say, God, you know what I have. And God, you know I love you. And God, I have to trust you and not my money. So God, I'm asking you from my heart, 
what do you want me to give? Now, if God give me the amount, I'm trusting him to, to know enough that he's going to supply whatever need is after that amount. That's how it's supposed to work. God's supposed to always be first. If you get a paycheck, God's supposed to be first, then who you owe next. Because you putting him first. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom. He's not last after you done paid all your bills. Because none of those bill collectors is going to be there when you're getting ready to get thrown out. None of them is going to be there when you get sick. None of them is going to be there when you need to be delivered. Only thing they care about is, I gave you something and you need to pay me. And if you don't pay me, I'm going to send you to the credit bureau. And if you go to the credit bureau, that means you're going to be stuck out there for these many years. You know they do that to you, right? But God don't do you that way. So when you trust him first and say, God, you're first, then everything else is going to follow pursuit. Because you putting him first. And what God will do, God will even change the debtor's heart to tell you that's already been paid. You know you didn't pay it. Then you ask them again, wait a minute. Did you say that was paid? And you don't want to ask them too much. Because it might turn it around. Well, do you, is there, a, no ma'am, there's no problem. If you say it's paid, it's paid. I believe it's paid, it's paid. Can you send me something that say paid? Come on, let's be real. That's what we do. But that's because you trusted God enough that God took care of that for you. God will turn anybody's heart for you when you turn your heart towards him. See, when you turn your heart towards him, that's the inward part. Then everything begins to flow outward to you. God said, I can't even flow outward to you until you turn inward to me. People don't want to turn inward to God because they think that they can do better than God with what they have. The only way this tabernacle got built was Moses telling them, this is what God wants you to do. They done it and they had everything they needed and more. God would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask to think according to the power that works within us. And I, I even hear the Lord say, he said, I don't even care if you're in debt and it only look like it's nothing left. He said, if you even trust me with the nothing, I'll make it out of something. He said, cause I'm still God. He said, but people won't even trust me with the nothing cause they don't even know I'm God. And the reason why we don't know he's God because we don't spend enough time with him. We don't give him the opportunity with what we have for us to see him manifest himself. If you can't let go of $5, why are you asking for 50 See, it's too many of us wanting God to give us more money. And then the money you have, you don't want to help nobody. It's always I don't have or I'm just going to give you this. It's best just to keep that until you can get with God and say, God, this is what I want to do. Me. But I'm asking you, what would you have for me to do? And God is going to say, I want you to do this. Why? He's going to go beyond you. That's what we're afraid of. I remember when I didn't really want to hear what God would say. I tried to make noises in my head. I'm just going to be honest. Y'all done tried it. You make noises in your head and act like you don't hear what he's saying and you're hearing it all the time. 
And you know how you get excited about something that you want and you know you're hearing the Holy Spirit say no and you overriding the Holy Spirit and you're so happy because you're going to get it and it don't last. Because you heard him say no. And when he say no, guess what? He got something better. So when you wait on him and you trust him with the little that you have, remember the woman in the Bible that gave her a little mite? She gave all that she had. The rich people, they just gave. But she gave everything that she had because she knew that God was going to be her supplier. He was going to be her source, and he honored her more than he honored the ones that had. And that's how we should be in the body of Christ. See, this is something that people don't want to talk about. The reason why they don't want to talk about it, because they always blame pastors, want money all the time. But do we um, blame Piggly Wiggly, Food Line, Walmart, the mall? Kim, look out, baby. They're going to start blaming you for hairdos. She just want more money. Her prices went up. She just want more money. See what she done got? Y'all products go up too. Things begin to increase. So when things begin to increase, you got to go with the increase. But if you want your hair done, you can still get your hair done because God's going to make a way for you if that's the beautician he wants you to go to. So God always have a way of doing things. If we hear his way, we will always have everything that we need. But he give us more than what we need. When you do what he say, God give you more. And you, you can take, and guess what that more is for? It still ain't for you. I'm sorry. God will make all grace abound towards us. That we have all sufficient. Y'all see that word all? All sufficiency in what? All, all things to do what? Every. Good. Do y'all think God give y'all extra just for you? No. He said, there's another good workout that I want you to give towards this. Dang, God, I thought I had enough to go to state house tonight. No, I want you to give towards that good work. And when God see your obedience and how you put yourself to the side, because y'all don't let take dying when your stomach is growling and you thinking you and your man can go out and have y'all a nice dinner and you already see that steak and those shrimp and crab legs and you like, Mm, and we're going to have us some good eating tonight. And all of a sudden you hear the Holy Spirit say, I want you to bless Quana. Come on, honey, let's go. <laughs> I want you to be- hurry up and get in this guy. <laughs> no, I want you to bless Quana. <laughs> so your husband come get in the car. You say, look, we ain't going to win night. God just told me to bless Quana. He's going to say, he told you, he didn't tell me. So, but, well, honey, let's pray about it, please. Because I'm telling you what the Lord said now. He said to bless Quana. Hallelujah. Come here, Quana. We give God glory. Just stand up here. And let the people bless you tonight. Just hold out your hands. Y'all just put it in the hands. Just turn around. Just put it in the hands. It takes obedience, doesn't it? It takes obedience. We give God glory for obedience. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Okay, thank you. Amen to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Kwan. What did that have to take, y'all? What did that take? Now, let me ask you a question. Did you feel free doing it? Don't it make you feel good when you don't have to question yourself? You just do it? Did he ask you to give her a certain amount? He's so good. God is so, so good. He knows what everybody in this room needs. This is why we got to go according to what he want to do and not according to what we want to do. And that's when we can humble ourselves and say, Lord, not your will, not my will, but let your will be done. And when you do that, and the thing is, you're not looking for something because you are obedient to God. You trust in God enough to know you take care of your own. So, God, I'm just doing what the word tells me to do. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measures, pressed down, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. With the measure that you have given, it shall be measured back to you again. See, that's a promise. We take the word of God like it ain't the word. We don't honor his word because when you honor his word, you will obey his word. When you honor his word, you are honoring him. This is why those, y'all come on now, these people were in the wilderness. They weren't employed by nobody. Come on, did y'all see any McDonald's up in the wilderness or any Burger King or Piggly Wiggly or any type plant that they had to work in? No, they did it. They worked for God. They did everything. And look at how many goats and, and lambs and, and turtle doves and pigeons and all of this stuff that they had to have in the wilderness. Where do y'all think they got this stuff from? Being obedient to God. Don't you know them goats and lambs? They had to make multiplication. Why? Because they had to offer these before God for their sins to atone for it. So y'all know God's going to supply all this, right? He's going to take, they had to take care of these animals. These animals had to be without blemish. They had to be perfect. They could not, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Do you know we come before God and when we give him something, we just throw it on the table just like, here, I paid my tithe, here. Don't ask for no more because you ain't getting no more, here. And we get happy because we done what we want to do. You don't need to be happy about that. What you need to be happy about is that when God speak to you, after you done made out your little envelope, and God say, I want you to put some more in there. That's when you go up to the table, jumping and shouting because you know it wasn't you. You know it was the spirit of the living God who led you to do what you did. It wasn't on your accord. Let me tell y'all something. 10% was just a guideline. No, in the New Testament, it's the heart. We go on 10% 
because that's where it was set in the old. But when you have spent time with God, you would be above 10%. That was a guideline for them up under the Old Testament. He gave them guidelines because all of those guidelines come up to Jesus. That's what's happening. Are we learning something? Oh, it's more to come. Y'all hold your seats. It's more to come. I may get cursed out later. May get hated later, but it don't matter. You know why? Because the word is the word. And when you do what the word tell you to do, you're going to always have what you need because you're honoring God through his word. So we see that God knew what each individual could give, right? Poor people gave the turtle doves or the pigeons. In the New Testament, um, let's go to Luke 2, 22 through 24. They were still going by um, the Old Testament because Jesus had not been, had not gone to the Father. Luke 22, 22 through 24, I'm still in the Amplified. And when the time for their purification, the mother's purification and the baby's dedication came according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be set apart and dedicated and called holy to the Lord. And they came also to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Do y'all know who this was? Joseph and Mary. They could only offer based on what they had. They had a pair of turtle doves. Or two young pigeons. So that show you that they were under the category of being poor. But they gave what they had. Because this is what was required up under the law. So that's what they gave. So none of us in this room have an excuse to say we don't have nothing. Because when you say you don't have nothing, you don't trust God. Anytime somebody asks you for something... Don't think now some people ask because, you know, they trying to use you. But if you in the spirit on the Lord's day, you're going to know the real ones that's coming to you to ask. And if God sent them to you, don't send them to the church. If God sent them to you, don't send them to the church. Because he sent them to you and evidently he sent them to you because he know what you have. And some of us have it, but we don't want to give it up because we just made some overtime, and that's my money. I'm spending this on me, myself, and I. Let me tell you, go to uh, Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry, our apostles, apostle Amanda Walker Bryant. Now, you ain't going to leave the same. She's going to give you some. And as soon as they come, I'm going to say, who sent you? And they tell me who, who sent them. I said, hold on just one minute. Hello? Did you send so-and-so-and-so-and-so here at this church? Yes, I did, Apostle. I told them to come see you. I said, well, something's wrong. Did they come to your house first? Yeah, Apostle, they come to my house first, but I felt in my spirit they needed to come to the church. Well, I know that the Lord is saying you got what they need, so I'm going to send them back to your house. How about it? They'll probably uh, withdraw from the church. You're going to know where people are by following the leading of the Holy Ghost. We limit God by not trusting God. How are you going to get what you need if it don't start with you first? 
it has to start with us. Because I'm going to tell y'all something for real. We may say we don't have, but if it's something we really want, we find a way to get it. I'm going to raise everything up. See, I'll start with the pulpit first. We really seek God then. God, you know I really want that. I deserve that, God. I got to have it. Let me see. Let me check my bills. And, but when somebody come ask you for something, you don't check nothing. You don't go back and look over nothing. You just flat out say no. But when you want something for you or you doing something that you feel like is going to exalt you, you find it and then you go ask folk. But when the church tell you to ask, you won't even bother to ask. But when it come to you and you know you need it, you ain't scared then. You may be stuttering a little bit, but your ass is so quiet up in here. So this is how the tabernacle begun. First it began with Moses. It began with Moses. Moses had to hear God. Then after Moses heard God and what God wanted for the tabernacle, he had to bring it before the people. He only brought to the people what God spoke to him. Then the people had to be obedient according to what Moses was bringing because they know that Moses, he does, he hear God. So we're going to go on what Moses is saying. And if God didn't say it, that's you getting burnt, Moses, not us. We're just going to be obedient because we trust you that much because God has set you above us. So we're going to take you at your word because we know you hear God. And when they followed that order, is that not an order? Things worked out for that tabernacle. So next week, where I'm going is dealing with that tabernacle. I, I said I wasn't going to go over it, but the Lord took me right back to the tabernacle. And it's going to lead up to Jesus. So meditate on this, dealing with giving Churches have such a hard time when it comes to giving. And y'all, I'm going to be honest with you. Sinners give more than saints. That's what happens. Sinners will give more than saints sometimes because they work together. <laughs> they in unity. You, you check out, I was, it's, it's this organization that when they want to build and build, they don't go to no bank. They come together, and they decide who's going to do this, who's going to do that. You look, they got that temple, that synagogue, whatever you call it. They already got it up, and it ain't costing them nothing because all of them, and guess what they would do? They would take time off work, use their vacation time to help build what they're trying to bring up, and they get it done. Owing no man nothing. What the church people do? I can't take all work. I ain't taking all work for that. Why can't she do it? They do too much bickering, too much fussing. And we out there trying to win souls to Christ and can't even come together and got people thinking, oh, how we love Jesus. That's not God's pattern. Because all of them had to work together. When we get into the tabernacle, you're going to see that everybody had a part. When we look at even Nehemiah when he was rebuilding the walls, everybody had a part to play. And then the same thing, they had to bring stuff willingly. 
you know so this is how the body of Christ supposed to be every joint supplies if God has set you in a body and he has given you an head and the head is telling you what to do it shouldn't be I don't have it or I can't come then or I can't do this you're doing it unto the Lord and you should say Lord I don't even know if my boss is going to have me to want me to get off but I'm believing you Lord because my heart is here for the church guess what the boss will let you know sure take that time off then you go to your boss and say well you know we having this at the church and this is what the church is doing and then he say well how can I help you and then the Lord said ask him for $500 well you know $500 would help with what we're doing he says is that all you need then you really start stuttering well, no, five hundred dollars because the Lord told you just five. <laughs> so you being obedient to what the Lord is saying. This is how it worked, y'all. We work together because I learned this. Every joint supply. One day, the ones that's not helping with what God is doing, you're gonna need something, and you're gonna need somebody. And when you get ready to do something, the very same people that you didn't help, them gonna be the very same people that you need. So every joint supply. So just meditate on what we just went over, how we're supposed to give willingly, and the Lord will let you know what to give for the work that he's doing. And guess what, y'all? It's a good work. So we should look unto him and not to look unto ourselves. Y'all, I love this pattern stuff. Not for my benefit, but it's for his benefit. So I thank God for it. Amen? Do anybody have anything that they learned from last um, time that I taught on the patterns that would help somebody else that occurred in your life? Anyone? Okay. Well, I guess everybody's doing well, huh? We give God glory for that. Miss Deborah, you have those sheets, right? Um, do anybody have anything dealing with the patterns? that has helped you so far? Anyone? Anybody have anything how this teaching have given you understanding about the order of the church? Jennifer? Amen. Right. Did anybody else get anything out of it? We bind that spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to move on. Um, I have a list of names um, dealing with uh, Casey's, the dinner that we had um, for our church anniversary.